I'm Lisa Stone. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Parenting Aces. I'm so glad you decided to join us again for the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, coming at you from Atlanta, Georgia, where we are still experiencing outdoor tennis weather in mid-October. It's crazy. Um, It's actually really hot and humid still, which is not usual for us this time of year, but I'm not complaining. I just wanted to let you guys know that there is a ton of great college tennis going on around the country right now. This is a big tournament month for college tennis, and I hope you'll check out your local teams and see who's playing where and get out and watch some of these amazing athletes in action and support your local teams. I, for one, am seeking out opportunities to go watch locally. I was just at the Oracle Cup in Rome, Georgia last week, and I will be attending some of our local programs matches uh, over the coming weeks, and that includes Georgia Tech, Emory, Georgia State, Georgia Gwinnett, uh, even Barry College up in Rome, Georgia, which is about an hour away from me. So I'm really excited. I love this time of year. And I encourage you to take your juniors and go out and watch these kids compete. It's a phenomenal experience. So um, with that said, this week's episode is, again, with Todd Whittem. And this is part two of our series on the business side of the tennis business. And this week, we talk about how to discern what type of results coaches and academies have truly had with their players, whether it's looking at rankings or college scholarships, and the questions that parents need to ask when they're out shopping for a coach or academy for their child. Todd offers up some really great concrete information and suggestions for all of us as we do our homework and our due diligence. So I hope you'll take his advice to heart and really start asking these hard questions of your child's coach or academy or of potential coaches and academies as you're out there shopping around. So sit back, relax, and hope you enjoy this week's episode of the Parenting Aces podcast with Coach Todd Whittem. Thanks so much for tuning in again to the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm so thrilled to have Coach Todd Whittem back this week. And Todd, we have some great stuff to talk about this week, continuing on in our discussion of the business of the tennis business. And this week we're going to focus on players and the business of promoting players for coaches and academies. Hi, Lisa. Thanks once again for inviting me on this show, and I'm excited to speak about another important topic for the parents that uh, that tune into uh, to your show. Well, thanks. And so really the question now is, because last time we talked about um, how coaches and academies market themselves and some of the things that parents should be looking at when they look at the marketing materials of these various academies. This week, we're going to focus more on how they market their players and some of the things parents need to consider when they're looking at a coach or academy that both having, you know, internationally ranked players or X number of players that have gone on to play D1 tennis or whatever the case may be. 
Right. It's a very important topic, especially if you're going to be putting all the time and energy and effort and money into your child's tennis development. You should really go from A to Z and figure out which which place is, is best for your child and and how they're going to fit into to the training environment that they would like to be in. So when we talk about the fact that, you know, Academy A says they have 25 internationally ranked players and they've sent over 100 players to D1 universities on scholarship, what might that really mean? Well, it it could mean that they did send them off to college D1. Uh, it could also mean that they may have trained them at a certain time in their tennis career, but didn't didn't really go through the whole junior development with that player. With with coaching, there are there are many many different different stages of development that a player goes through. So obviously, when you're young and you're learning the swings and the movements and the and the grips and and all those different things, that that's that's one thing of tennis development. And then as you start to progress, hopefully you're learning how to play and compete, and you're getting stronger and still improving some of your techniques. So it's really important that the parents do their research about how they're going to get their child to the highest level that that they could attain and try to get to the best school, but also. What does each coach really specialize in, or does the coach actually specialize in all the levels, which is rare, but there are some out there that can really take a player from maybe a beginning level and take them all the way through to maybe getting a very nice scholarship for a Division One level. And, I mean, again, and we've talked about this before on the Parenting Aces podcast, the the notion of a scholarship for college tennis doesn't necessarily mean a full ride. And maybe you can talk a little bit about what that could mean. Sure. I could definitely explain it to you. Um, I've been blessed to have, obviously, some nice talent come through my program. I've put a lot of time and effort into some of these select players that I've been training. And I started it seven years ago. And basically... It's a very gray area of a child going to a Division One college and what type of scholarship they may be receiving. Um, for the boys, a fully funded Division One program that is not Ivy League, they receive four and a half scholarships per team, and basically around there's basically around ten players. There could be more. There could be less on a on a on a men's division one tennis team. So that's really not a lot of scholarship available for for the for the boys team. Now on the girls side, there's eight full scholarships and there could be on the girls side maybe ten players or more or less. And so there's there's more scholarships available on the girls side. Um in terms of maybe on the boys side kinda dividing up the scholarships there are many boys that'll that'll say, I got a scholarship. And some scholarships may only mean that you're receiving maybe a couple thousand dollars worth of books. And so they put, well, my my child or or these players got scholarships to these universities. And they did. But 
I know a lot of people think that many of the players are receiving very big scholarships, and and the big scholarships, uh, especially on the boys' side, are are, are really for the big-time starting players in the lineup. Then it starts to obviously get less and less as you, as you go down the lineup. Um, on the on the girls' side, there's there's eight full rides, which is which is a beautiful thing for the girls, and uh, and so you know the scholarships for the girls programs usually don't get cut up quite as much. Some do, but usually not quite as much as, obviously, as the boys' side. And understand that a a lineup at a D1 school consists of six lines of players. So there are six singles players, and then there are three doubles pairs. So it could be the same six that are playing singles are also playing doubles, or there could be, you know, maybe a seventh or eighth player that's put in the doubles lineup that's not playing singles. So again, there are four and a half scholarships on the men's side to cover six lines in the lineup minimum. So obviously, not everybody in the lineup is getting a full athletic scholarship. Well, that that is right, Lisa. Um, in terms of of getting scholarships, it, it also depends on the academic level of uh of the tennis player that's applying to the school so they could receive academic money and they could receive tennis money so that could add up to a very big scholarship or you know obviously more money for them but um in terms of of tennis scholarships four and a half players for six starting singles players in a lineup is not really a lot plus you have a seventh or eighth guy that may be trying to get into a lineup and they may be playing a lot of matches as well. They may be starting as many matches. The six, seven and eight guy may be, may be all dividing time evenly on their college team. So then those scholarships may be getting cut up or they could even be walk-ons or very, very small scholarships. Like I said, maybe they receive a 10% scholarship that maybe only covers maybe some books and meals and, and stuff like that. So it really, it really all depends on, the academic level and the tennis level of of the child. So again, when you hear a coach or an academy state that they've gotten X number of players full, or excuse me, scholarships to play college tennis, it that is or could be a true statement. But we need to understand what that means in terms of real dollars. It doesn't necessarily mean a full ride. It could mean a very small partial scholarship, or it could mean that the kid is an academic superstar and getting academic scholarship money. Yes, that is is 100% correct. Um, It all depends, like I said, on, on the level and everything, but I think a lot of parents, they need to look into what level their their child is and what's realistic in in terms of you know get, getting getting scholarships for them. Um, you know, obviously, like I've stated before on some of the other shows, tennisrecruiting.net, you can you can get a very very good picture of where your child is at tennis wise. And, and really see the players at at, the, at your child's level and see where they're going to school and seeing if they are receiving scholarships and it obviously it doesn't tell you doesn't tell you how much scholarship they're receiving which is a gray area but you can get an idea of if they're getting a scholarship to these certain level schools that maybe your child is looking at but and 
at the at the at the end of the day, then it comes down to dollars and cents and and the academic level of of the child as well. So it, you know, it all depends on a case by case basis. Right, and unfortunately, there's no place to go to actually get the hard numbers as to where the scholarship money is going. And what I mean is. There's no website, even the school's website or the school's tennis team's website that would tell you, you know, player A is getting this amount of scholarship, player B is getting that amount of scholarship. Or even if the program's fully funded, you only get that information by asking the questions of the coaches, of the players, of the parents of the players. I mean, that's the only way to get that kind of detailed information. Well, that's that's right. On 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 a Division One male tennis team, obviously the top players are going to take the big scholarships, which is really how it goes. I mean, that that's probably the right way to do it. Um, so, you know, maybe you know, I know teams that have cut up scholarships. Maybe the the first player gets a full ride, and and then the scholarships get cut up for the rest of the five starters on the team, or your first four players on a on a male Division One college team, they're on full rides. But then the fifth guy receives a half a scholarship, and the sixth, seventh, eighth guy, and and so on are all walk ons. Which I know programs that have done that. So mm-hmm. it really all depends on what the what the coaching staff would like to do and what they think each player deserves um, to be playing at their school and how much money they they deserve to be putting into that player. Right. And again, the onus is really on the junior player and his or her parents to ask those questions to have a true understanding of what's going on at a particular school. Absolutely. You got you got to cover your bases A to Z. Uh, I know a lot of coaches are are busy and everything. I like to handle the players that I that I train and manage every day. I like to kind of handle the college process and and speak to the coaches and see what's available and everything cuz personally I don't I don't always want want the juniors that I'm training to be thinking about these things and going into matches and and being nervous that I need to win so I receive my scholarship and it, and it's really something that they shouldn't be focusing on. They need to be focusing on their tennis and their academics. But in terms of in terms of the coaching staff, they can they can really do whatever they would like, you know, and 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 the coaching staff is looking for many different players. And I can give you an example. When I was coming through junior tennis, um, if you looked at the Illinois tennis team, they won NCAA's, and they were looking for a certain particular player. They were big guys that had big serves that were great indoor players, and that's who they recruited. And they would not recruit me, even though I was one of the top players in the country. They were not recruiting a guy under six feet tall that didn't serve in volley. So you never really know what the what the coaches are looking for unless they verbalize it to you. And really, what your child can do is train to the best of their ability and and go through the process. And hopefully, it's a very you know very organized process that they're going through, and everything is productive, and then their training is productive, and and then. You, you start to place the child into the best school that 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 you can and uh and that's really the process about going about it right, but getting back to the business side of 
of tennis again. And when a family is searching for the right coach or the right academy for their child, and they're reading marketing materials, you know, looking at the academy website or social media, you know, Facebook page or whatever, and they see, you know, we've put X number of kids in college at this level with scholarships. Again, the onus is on the parents to ask the next question, which is, okay, that's great. You you say in your marketing materials that you've put 25 kids in, in this type of college environment with scholarship over the last year. Really, what are we talking about? How much money did they get? Were these full rides? Were they partial? Were they academic scholarships? Because the kid was not only a great tennis player, but also a great student. Um, and, and that's where the parents have to be proactive and dig a little deeper to understand exactly what it is the academy or the coach is promoting. You're absolutely right. As, as I've stated maybe in some of the articles I've written or maybe some of our radio shows, um, the parents can do research on who has come through the academy and where they have obviously gone to school, but where they have played in the lineup. And then you can get a good idea of the quality of player that is coming out and through that type of system or academy. That's really the best way to, to try to find out the numbers, whether this child is receiving a 50% scholarship or a 90% scholarship or whatever it shall be. That, that would be difficult. But you can get an idea of the quality of player that is coming through that type of system by doing your research and figuring out who came through what school are they at, and also what number are they playing in the lineup? I mean, there's, there's, there's many places that, that can say that we have 100% college placement, and I've seen this many, many times. Well, I mean, I, I have 100% college placement as well. Many academies have 100% college placement. Also, the child hopefully did well enough academically to go to college. I would really hope so. So if they've done that, then they can go to a school that has a tennis team. Does it mean that they're playing? No. Does it mean that they're going to play their sophomore year or junior year or senior year? No, it does not mean that. What it means is that they're on, they're on the team, but it doesn't mean that they're starting, that they're receiving a certain scholarship. It also doesn't mean that they're going to be playing on that team for four years. If, you, if, a, if a child gets placed into college and they don't play their, say, their freshman or sophomore year, they may be very, very disappointed and, you know, hopefully not. Hopefully they don't quit tennis, but they may quit tennis and say, I'm just going to start studying and, and going totally towards my academics. Or they may transfer to another university where they feel like they can play and maybe get a bigger scholarship or whatever the case shall be. But I've seen many times where we have 100% college placement and 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 that that's that's fine and dandy but you, you know I mean the where you what you need to look at is where did they go to school what number are they playing in the lineup and also academically how strong was was the child as well there are many there are many places where you can go play tennis as well but hopefully the academic level is very high where you're where you're sending your child as well Right. And just, you know, so the parents know, I mean, it's pretty simple to go to a university tennis team's website, look at their roster and go through their schedule for the previous year 
to see where everybody played. And most of the websites are set up so that you can click on a particular player and you can see every match they played in the prior season and, you know, what, what line they played, whether they played singles, doubles, or both. And you can see their record. Um, so it's pretty simple to get that information. You just have to sit down and do it. And, you know, I think that's an important if, – if playing college tennis and having your child train in a place that is known for producing college tennis players, if that is important to you, then that little bit of research is really important to do. because. Otherwise, as Todd's saying, it's very simple for a coach or an academy to say we have 100% college placement. Understanding what that means is is the onus of the parents. I, I agree. I agree 100% with what you're saying, and it's it's what I'm saying as well. Yeah. If if a child if a child is dedicating all these hours to their academics and their tennis, and the parents are are supporting the bill for the academics and the tennis, then I believe some really good things should be should be happening. Academically, they should be doing very well. They don't have to be stuck in a, in a classroom all day long like I did coming through high school and I was many times bored and couldn't wait to get onto the tennis court. They really shouldn't be any wasted time. They can do their, their schoolwork. Maybe they're in a classroom, but you know, in a private school, say if they're at an academy, but there should be less time wasted and they should be training really well to achieve those goals and dreams every single day. And, and if they're, and if they're not, and they're, and the parents are sacrificing maybe their children living away from them, they're sacrificing, you know, um, you know, obviously a lot of, a lot of money as well. There, there really should be some, some very nice results so that the child can go on to the next level playing great college tennis and, and enjoying their experience in college and then earning a fantastic degree while they're, while they're playing some great college tennis. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about another aspect of marketing, which is an academy or a coach saying that they have, um, you know, 25 uh, internationally ranked players or, you know, 25 of the nation's top players and what that might mean for a new player coming into the academy. And what are the things that the parents, what are the questions the parents should ask about that piece of the academy's marketing? Well, that's an excellent question. Um, if an academy is saying that they have a certain amount of maybe international players, then I think that's fantastic. If those those players are, are if if the academy is in the United States, those players are looking to most likely move on to the next level, which would be college. Maybe maybe there's a, a pro in the making or or whatever, but the vast majority are going to go play college tennis. So they're going to those types of players that are international, they're going to go the ITF tennis tournament route um does it mean that the tournaments that they're going to play are higher level than what an american junior tennis player will play here in the united states no it doesn't mean that at all in fact many of the many of the kids that are running off to the caribbean and and other parts of the world to be playing low-level itf tennis tournaments i can tell you here in south florida 
There are tournaments here locally that are much stronger than those tournaments, and you don't need to leave South Florida. So just because it says international doesn't mean that it's higher level or more professional or whatever you shall want to call it. But I think a lot of people, they, they don't really know what route to go. And so they start to hear international, and my child is going to go play international tennis tournaments. And it doesn't mean that it's a higher level brand of, of tennis tournaments. But the international tournaments, obviously, an international player, they can't be playing national tournaments here in the United States. So they have to go that route. But if your child is an American tennis player, they don't have to go that route. So I'm seeing a lot of juniors that are going to play ITF tournaments and going to play national tournaments, and they're going back and forth, and they're kind of just throwing their children around, and I'm not sure exactly what that's doing. Um, if, 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 the, if the goals and dreams of the child are to be playing maybe Grand Slam tennis tournaments, just understand that your child is going to have to be chasing points around the globe all year long to be trying to play in the biggest junior tennis tournaments in the world when, when there's already many, many tournaments here in this country. So it all depends on the funds that you have for your child. It depends on what the goals are realistically for each and every child. Right. Well, and one of the things you and I were talking about before we went on air is the whole idea of where does my child fit into the academy's existing player base? So, for example, if an academy does have X number of top national players or top internationally ranked players, does that mean my child's going to be drilling with those kids? And how do you find that out? What what questions should the parent be asking to find out that information? Well, if you're looking at a if you're looking at a big system, it's it's quite simple. When you walk into when you walk into that tennis facility, the best players are going to be on the top courts. That that's that's normally how it is. You don't put your your lowest level players on the top courts. When you go to a car dealership and you walk in, you don't look at the really bad low level inventory of cars when you walk into that showroom. They have the nicest, shiniest cars you know, for that model year that are sitting there trying to be sold. So when you walk into a tennis system or or an academy, the best players are going to be on the front courts. Now, you have to be realistic about the level that your child is at at that current current time. Maybe, maybe they're a superstar and they're going to go right into those top groups, which would be fantastic. I think that's great. But if they're not a superstar, then maybe you need to start looking at court five and court 10 and see what kind of training that those children are receiving because that's basically the training that that your child is going to receive. So when you when you walk through the door, your child may also be thrown on a higher court than they really deserve to be on because quite honestly, that that academy or system they they would love to have your business. So when you walk in and go, wow, I'm going to be playing with players better than me all the time and training with them, and this is fantastic, that's not always the case. So you need to be realistic about who's going to be guiding your child and where they're going to be fitting in to where where their training environment is. So as a coach, Todd, what would you expect a parent to ask you to, to find out where their child is going to fit into your existing player base? Absolutely. I've I've had a, quite a few calls lately 
about maybe maybe some parents relocating here to South Florida and they've heard me on your show or they've read my articles and and everything else that I, that I put out there. But the first thing that I do is I want to get on the court with that child individually. They're not going to really step into my my system of a very small system where I've I've been training and molding these players, you know, for it could be it could be months or it could be years. And so I want to see where the child is at. So I, I basically protect my system to have it at the highest quality possible. If a child maybe is a, a little bit lower level than the than the kids that I train, then then we're going to have to figure out another plan for them. But uh, if they if they fit in great with the level of the players that I'm currently training, then then that's fantastic. But I put them through an assessment, and I want to get an idea of what their goals and dreams are, and 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 where they would love to be in, in, in the short term and in the long term and kind of the background of their training. And it's a whole, what I do is I put a, I put the child and I, and I have the parent there as well, but I put them through a whole assessment of, of everything from their tennis techniques to the whole background of their training and what they've been doing and, and, and all those different aspects. And then I can get a great idea of what I would like to do with that, with that child and where I think they could be, you know, per the given time that I, that I have with them based on when, when they go off to college. But not all coaches do that. Not all coaches take that proactive stance when a new student comes in. So let's say a parent's going to look at an academy that doesn't do those types of assessments. What kinds of questions should the parent be asking to find out, again, where their child is going to fit into the existing structure and what type of specific instruction they're going to be getting, you know, which coaches they're going to work with, et cetera? Well, that, that's that's how I was going to answer that is, first of all, who's going to be guiding my child, you know, your child, but who's going to be mm-hmm. guiding the child for the next year, two years, you know, however it shall be, however long, who's going to be the one guiding it? And unfortunately, there are coaches that are in and out and they're looking for other positions. So that's pretty difficult at times to figure out who's going to be guiding my child and who my child is going to be developing a relationship with, hopefully for the long term. Um, that, that's number one. Number two is what tournaments, what tournaments are is my child going to be competing in? Um, That's super important as well because you need exposure for the next level, which would be the college level. If you're going off to foreign countries and and going to play international tournaments, well, there there might not be a lot of exposure to be playing college tennis in in other countries. A A lot of the college coaches in this country, they go to tournaments here in the United States. They also travel abroad, but they many times I don't think that they're going to the, say the Caribbean for low level ITF tournaments. So you want to make sure that your child is getting very good exposure to college coaches as well. Um, also, if, if if your child is at an academy, you have to make sure that the academic level that your child is receiving is 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 superior for them. You don't want them to be struggling in school and falling behind, and 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 all these things need to be organized so that they can go go to the next level, which is which is to college. So there, there's a lot of things that that need to be looked at. But from a from a tennis perspective, you have to make sure and and know that 
this person is guiding my child's tennis. And there's not a whole bunch of people and a, and a whole bunch of different philosophies guiding my child because that's just going to, that's really just going to confuse, confuse your, your child. Um, you know, I mean, every, every, every coach has different philosophies of, of how they coach and they have different backgrounds, just like the kids have different backgrounds and, and from where they came from and their training environments and everything. But what I can tell you is that if, if you have multiple coaches that are, that are coaching your child on a, on a daily basis, it, it's going to be very difficult for them to be applying everything that's, that's trying to be taught to them. And it, it could be very confusing to them and, and the productivity is going to really take a big hit. Well, and, you know, sadly, what ends up happening a lot of times is the the name coach, the one who who runs the academy or runs the, the facility, is, like you said, on court one, two, three with the top-level players. And then you've got the more inexperienced coaches working on – on the lower courts and the lower courts really require high level coaching too, to, especially for the kids that do aspire to, you know, to get better and to eventually be college ready. And so it's, I think it's super important to watch the coaches on those lower courts. If that is indeed where your child's going to fit into the structure and get a sense for those coaches and their knowledge and their coaching style and the way they interact and watch the kids on their courts and, you know, whether the coaches are able to keep the kids engaged and, you know, what, what the discipline level is like and all of those things, because what the, the name coach of the academy is able to do versus what some of the, the lower level coaches are able to do is oftentimes very, very different. Absolutely. That's why they make more money. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. The guy running not the academy only. is not paying the assistant more than he's making. Right? That's right. So That's right. So it's 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 crucial to know who's guiding your child. Um even though, let me just say, even though the parent of the top level kid and the parent of the kid on court 10 are likely pl- paying similar fees to the academy. So you're paying for the high-level coaching, but your child may not be receiving that high-level coaching. And and actually what happens a lot of times, and Todd, I know you've seen this, is the academies will let these high-level players come for free or even, you know, maybe a reduced rate um, just so the academy can boast that they've got these top-level players training there. Absolutely. Well, that that's that's the money slash business side of tennis. Um, and those and are you're the, paying. Those are the kids. Yeah. I was just saying yeah, you're those, paying those, more for 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 lower quality coaching. Right. You're paying for your child's coaching. You're also paying for that superstar's coaching. Just just to let you know, and these words might not be comforting, but. That superstar that is at the at the academy that's on maybe a big discount or maybe full scholarship or whatever it shall be, that that's the face of the program. So they're hoping that their investment in that child is going to bring in more players 
to that system or academy. That's that's the business side of it. Um, so, and and quite honestly, it doesn't always mean, and many times it doesn't, it doesn't always mean that superstar is receiving much better coaching than your full-paying tennis client because the full-paying tennis client is really where they make the, is really where they make their money. They, they love to have the superstar, and people want to want their children to be training with the so-called superstar kids. And and the academy or system is hoping that they bring in other other players, and and that's really the attraction in the business to to giving this child a scholarship. But just because just because they're a superstar doesn't mean that that they're getting much better coaching or attention. That that poor kid who who is a superstar at that moment maybe just used to lure in other players. So that's a whole different that's a whole different aspect maybe to what you were you were asking me, Lisa, but I've seen that many times as well. So they use that kid who maybe can't afford really, really high level training and they use that kid as, you know, a hitting partner and, and use him for many, many different things. And maybe that child isn't isn't getting a lot of a lot of great great uh tennis coaching as well. So yeah, that that's that's a that's a little bit different uh, different aspect than what than what you were bringing up. But in terms of the level of the child and them receiving coaching, I can tell you that there are many times I I enjoy training maybe a little bit lower player, lower level player, than at times than a very very high level player because that lower level player may be listening better, they may be more disciplined, they. They may have a stronger love for tennis. They wanna, they wanna get much better, and you know, maybe, maybe the superstar player is, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit lazy at that moment, or whatever it shall be. So, just because they're a better player doesn't mean that I love to work with them more than maybe a player that is a little bit lower level. It all depends what what they bring to the table and how how much they want to learn. Right. And I mean, we should throw out there too that there is in a group setting, there are group practices and drills, but there are also usually opportunities for private lessons. And sometimes, even if your kid is the kid on court 10, um, if you want your child to work with the, the name coach at the academy, oftentimes you can schedule private lessons with that coach. Absolutely. You better just get your wallet out. But yes, you can. <laughs> make make well, sure you yeah. put some extra money in your bank account. So that that is true. But like I said, multiple coaches is never ideal. It just isn't. If you're on if you're on a court and you have say say there's four kids on a court and you're with a pro and then but you want to go take a lesson with the head honcho those are those are two different two different professionals and i and i've seen many times where these these uh, my assistant pros are trained under me and they know my system and blah 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 and and i've heard it but that assistant pro was brought up totally different from where he trained unless he trained there growing up but he was he was most likely brought up in a different environment the head the head pro most likely hasn't spent many, many hours training that assistant pro to understand what he is doing. And so now you're getting conflicting ideas. And the child can can very easily get confused 
about the information. And so that's why it can, it can be very difficult for for a young player to produce at the rate that they should because the the coaching and the philosophies are not consistent. So then 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 it can become very very confusing for for the young player. And that's interesting. And so how again, you know, for the parents, how would they find out or figure out how well the head honcho is training the assistants, you know, whether the the facility is using a uniform system of training players or whether each coach kind of does his or her own thing out there. I think it's very difficult. I think I think it's super difficult. If one coach is telling you A and the other one is telling you B, you have a serious issue on your hands. And if there's a lot of kids running around at a, at, a, at a system, and you're with you're with Coach A, and then Coach B, you're taking lessons with. I'm not sure that they're really talking to each other to, about your de- tennis development when there's 30, 50 kids running around. They're trying to get through mm-hmm. the day. So then mm-hmm. that 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 becomes that becomes a big problem, and uh, that's 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 basically kind of the, kind of the way I see it. Um, there's many ways to, to train kids. There's many ways to, to get them to do a certain technique or learn something or construct points and, and all the, and all those, all those different aspects that they need to be doing on a daily basis to become a much better player. But if it's not consistent day in and day out from the same voice, then it's going to stall the, the, the progress of, of the student. Yeah, and I mean, we should point out, too, that a lot of times the assistant coaches aren't sticking around for long periods of time. They're typically looking to become their own head coach in in their own facility, so they're making more money. Um, So a lot of times the assistant coaches at facilities may be, you know, players who recently graduated from college or players that you know, maybe went out on the tour for a year or two and weren't able to make it financially and so kind of taken up coaching as a plan B. Um, So I think asking the hard questions about who specifically will be working with your particular child is crucial. Absolutely. Just like in college coaching, many of the coaches – are are going around the country if if not the world trying to find the best job. Maybe maybe the parents listening to this did the same thing when they maybe graduated from college and they were trying to settle down and they started at one place and ended up in another place. This is this is really no different. Um the college coaching, it's it's many times the the college coaches won't be there for your child's four years of college tennis and, and and that's unfortunate, especially if they chose the school based on that that particular coach. That happened to me at the University of Miami. The head coach was there for three of my four semesters. He was not there for for my for my two years that I spent at the University of Miami and in fact he he was there recruiting players and and, uh, and he recruited players and they came there for him and by the time they came in as as freshmen or as sophomores he he was no longer there so he got a 
he got a much better position and he was earning more money and he needed to do it for his family and 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 it's understandable but these things happen so it's 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 difficult and especially at a tennis system or or an academy i'm sure that the assistant pros are always looking for much better opportunities for themselves so it's uh you know, you you make the best of every you make the best of every situation, but um, but the chances of of you know whether whether it's kids out of college or or kid you know young younger people off the tour, they're always looking to better their better their career. So if they can, unfortunately, they're they're going to take off, and and that business that business of having assistance is uh it happens all the time i see it all the time and uh yeah it is it is what it is it happens i'm sure right. in every in every avenue every business sure. so we've talked about the college scholarship question we've talked about um you know the number of top players that an academy advertises they have and understanding how your child is going to fit into that academy structure. What are some other things that we need to be looking for as parents uh, when, when we're choosing an academy? What are, what are some of the things that the academies are advertising that we may need to dig a little deeper about? I think you need to dig, dig deep about, especially the ones that are being advertised, you need to dig deep about, when were those players actually there and how long were they actually there? There's, there's big time players that I competed with that made lots and lots of money in professional tennis. And I didn't really know that they were even a part of some of these different systems or academies. So it always surprised me when I saw that their faces or names were being advertised. So if that, if that excites you as a parent, then you really need to do your research about when, when were these particular players there, if they were there, how long were they there? Because if you're planning on having your your child be at a certain place for, it could be half a year, a year, multiple years, you, you, need, to, you need to know these things. And if players did leave after a certain amount of time, then you really need to know why they were not staying there for long durations of time. That's very, very important. People may get lured in because it's it's very good marketing, it's very good advertising, but after their check runs out because they paid up front, they leave. So if if they leave, there's there's there could be something wrong. And so when you when you happen to pay up front, you're kind of stuck obviously. I've had plenty of parents call me and say, oh, you know, I, I want to leave the current situation I'm in, and and blah blah blah, and then and then at the end they say, well, we really can't yet because we've paid up front, but we are for sure leaving, and we're not writing them another check. So you need to understand when when the players were there training, how long they were there training, how old they were when they when they were training there, and then you can get you know a, a better a better idea of what would be best for your child not just a not just a website that that has a bunch of nice nice faces that made a lot of money on the professional tour and and kids that went off to to some some good universities many of those many of those things are just just to lure you in 
they're not they're they're not exactly what they're producing on a daily basis. So you ha- you have to you have to look at it look at it maybe from a different perspective. And I mean, I've heard cases where a coach or an academy will say, "Oh, you know, uh, Serena Williams trained here. I was her coach, you know." And when you dig down deep, what you find out is that the coach served as a hitting partner for Serena before a match at a tournament one day. (laughs) So um, it's not, they're not lying. I mean, it's not, you know, necessarily misrepresentation, but you have to understand what it is that they're selling to you and what it really means. And, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've heard countless stories of things like that where the coach served as a hitting partner or where the player came to their academy because they were playing a tournament nearby and needed a place to hit. And all of a sudden that academy or that coach is claiming that player as one of theirs. And, you know, this stuff happens all the time. And again, it's not, I I don't think it's necessarily dishonest, but I do think it's important that as parents, we, we understand what we're signing on for and what the credentials actually are of the coach in the academy where we're planning to send our child. Well, absolutely. If, if certain players are being advertised and and you've sent your child there and you don't see those players there that should be a big red flag i'm i'm sorry i'm sorry to tell you it should be a it should be a it should be a big red flag where 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 are those players so like like i like i said you have to you have to look and be realistic of who's going to be training your kid on a daily basis, what kind of energy and effort? Who's going to care for my child? What are what are the credentials of this certain person that's going to be guiding my child through through this process? That can be that that can be a, a difficult process, especially if it, if it's not done properly or managed well. Um, I, I yeah, I mean I, I see I see it all the time. I don't know I don't know what else to say. You see, you see it all the time, and and it's and it's a great marketing tool that this this person or that person has been here, and when you walk through the door, where are they? I've had and 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 for for I can tell you from a personal case, I started training a girl that had left a certain tennis system in South Florida, and she was struggling big time. I hadn't been pretty close to the family, so I started training this particular girl. After about three months, she made the finals of a national tennis tournament, and the the previous system started advertising her that she had just made the finals of a national tennis tournament, and I was training this girl four hours a day. And so if I was a parent sitting there and I saw that, I'm not sure exactly if that would be rubbing me the right way of, she's not here anymore, but you're still advertising this particular player. And from a a parent, I'd be kind of concerned that this person went somewhere else and they're having better results. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Point well taken. So, I mean, I feel like Todd, you've given us some really good things to think about um, in in our part two here of our little series on the business side of tennis. And and parents, I I hope that you know this has given you food for thought as 
you consider where your child's going to train and, and hopefully your child's already somewhere that you're super happy with the coach, you're super happy with the environment. But in case you're not and you're looking to move, then it's important to take a look at these different aspects of the coach and the, the facility that Todd has brought out today because marketing materials can be deceptive and even if they're not meant to be deceptive, sometimes we as parents see things a certain way because we want to see them that way. And it's important that we take a realistic view. And Todd, I think it's it's great that you're continuing to remind us that, you know, when it comes to our own kids, we have to be realistic. The onus is on us as the parent, the person writing the check, the person responsible for the well-being of this child to do our homework and make sure that, that we know exactly what we're getting into. Absolutely. At, at the end of the day, you're going to end up spending a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a, and a lot of money into your child's development, not only as a tennis player, but as a person. And it's it can be a very, very great investment for your child to go on to play college tennis. And it could be money and time very worthwhile if it's done properly. If it's not done properly, then it can be very stressful and disappointing. So you don't really want to see anyone go through that but if if you haven't done your research and you and you and you're just going off of a website and and this and that then you could you could be in trouble after a couple of years and like my mom always said who's been on the show you can replace money but you can't replace the time lost and and that's that's really the the way that it is yeah absolutely so, Todd, if my listeners want to reach out to you, can you give them the best way to get in touch? Absolutely. So the best way to get in touch with me would uh, basically to be to go on my website, which is www.twtennis.com, and you can shoot me an email, which some of the viewers have sent me an email. Um, the past week I've gotten quite a few, actually, from from your show, Lisa. So, oh, awesome! I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess well done, a lot of parents. people are enjoying it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I guess a lot of people are listening and they're taking it to heart because it's to me, it's my truthful information that I like to give out to the parents, and hopefully, they have a great, the children have a great tennis career wherever it takes them. But they can, they can reach me on my website, and they could also, they can, they can go on my email, which is Todd at twtennis dot com. And as well as you can give me a call at 954-296-5610 and 954-296-5610. So Perfect. And I'll include, all that, I'll include all that information in the show notes. So listeners, in case you missed it, um, just check out the show notes and there'll be links to Todd's site, his email address, and his phone number there. So Todd, thanks again for doing the show again. And um, do we have a part three of our business of tennis? Absolutely. Oh, oh, I got plenty more hours of things that I could speak about the business side of cool. tennis. No doubt about that. So. Cool. All right. So listeners, we'll have Todd back on in the next few weeks for part three. And 
If you missed part one, I hope you'll go back and check that out, and I'll have a link to that in this week's show notes as well. So thanks for tuning in. Todd, thanks again for being with us, and we'll catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Parenting Aces podcast with Coach Todd Whittem. Be sure and check out the show notes for links and contact information on Todd. And as always, we encourage you to share the podcast with your tennis community, whether it's other parents or coaches or juniors that might need the information. And also, we are still seeking sponsors for the Parenting Aces podcast. So if you're interested, please check out the show notes for a link to our sponsorship opportunities, and we'd love to have you on board. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, visit us online at parentingaces.com. As always, a huge thank you to our sponsor, tennisballs.com.